Shark Child, and this is The Dark Verse, a collection of my strange works with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. Prepare yourself for this strange, the story that I have worked on for the last two weeks in which I am sharing in this episode is completely bizarre, I have to say. After reading over what I wrote, I'm a bit confused myself as to where it came from. In my mind, it wasn't from a dream or from any peculiar thoughts I had or reveries or any type of reflection. It just kind of came out as a very abstract piece of art. So you're just going to have to take it as it is, literally, or maybe not literally, because may not mean anything literally, it may just be a piece of my demented self. This is episode 31 of the Dark Verse, and it is entitled Mantis Malevolent. I vividly remember those things I did on the day of the coming of the Purpose Giver. I was chopping wood in the back of my cabin, preparing ahead of time for the oncoming winter. My arms felt strong as they led the axe through the wood with single strokes. Perspiration beneath my thick clothing created pockets of moisture that irritated me, but could not hinder me. And, all the while, thoughts of companionship led me through the heartache of miserable solitude. When supper time came around, I had chopped more than enough wood, so I stopped gladly, despite the grand rhythm of my toils. I created a fire in the fireplace, and, once its flames became worthy of heat, I began stripping out of my many lairs. Winter had not yet come but the bite of the cold had. Preparations for supper were effortless, and I quickly had a pot of stew cooking above the fire. Aromas of beef, carrots, and onions permeated the warm air of my cabin, teasing my hunger with unavoidable allure. After I had devoured my food and grown content within my dwelling, I pulled a book from my small collection and started drifting into the words there contained. The Secret Apparatus by Arl Terriblar spoke to me with eons of restless, inhabitable imagery. I found myself crawling within the words rather than reading them. I was lost in the world of the book when a strike of lightning retrieved me and forcibly set me back into a state cognizant of the reality surrounding me. There was no thunder, and so the flickering of the fire remained the soundtrack of the next few moments. Moments that aged and withered before me in a decaying lapse of lifelike tempo. 
There then was a crash. I only had enough time to see a horde of rushing water push through the window beside me, and the being within that water driving it. Wandering eyes, ethereal hands outstretched in control and dominion, body of star radiating in a fluctuating blur of refracted light. My cabin was destroyed, and I with it. Some sensations never pass, some memories linger like incurable disease. That is just the way of things, when deeds are done that cannot be forgotten, when not the sight or the feeling or the strange delight can be pushed away from the cortex of the mind. It does not mean the memories are bad or cursed in any way. It simply signifies the importance of what was done, the power it held to captivate the remaining timeline of the conscious self. I created such self-inflicting ripples by those things I did after the coming of the purpose-giver. When I awoke following the sudden misfortune of nature and supernature, I found myself to be located in the bowels of a large, slanted enclosure. Remnants of my home lay beside me, and the symptoms of hypothermia were on the retreat. There was warmth, and much of it. Light was not present except for several thin beams that originated from a ceiling reaching at least ten times my height. I was underground. After gathering myself in both body and mind, I noticed that the limited light did not just come from the holes above me. There was a shimmering object lying further down the incline of the cavern. I made my way towards the object, and as I did, the warmth that first surrounded me grew into a surprising heat. I looked upon a golden knife with a green tint. Its blade began thick and ended indivisible, a triangular shape three-fourths of a foot in length. One edge was serrated and ran flush with the handle. The other edge ran in a wave pattern with two peaks and two troughs. Each edge of the blade, however, was sharpened to its threshold of cut and power. The handle of the blade was a construction of steel, scale-like plates molded and fitted flawlessly to the curvature of a fluid grip. Connected to the handle was an abstract attachment similar to a long, extended bracelet that created a socket in which an arm could be slid into. I picked up the knife and affixed my arm properly into the harness. When my fingers wrapped neatly around the handle, and my arm perfectly filled the void of the harness, it created a magnificent union. In the manner that the knife had to be held, the blade directed downward from the hand, and with this pose, the blade could be completely clamped down upon the side of the arm fixture like the cleaver upon a cutting board, slicing anything caught between in two. It was as if I had been given the arm of a mantis. Heat like the comfort of sleep and the safety of love seeped into my being once the knife was within my hold. Contentedness coursed throughout me and rested my soul. Hunger and need faded away.
I burst from the cavern with ecstasy, the chosen servant of the purpose giver, and ran into the forest, a homeless child of direction. I should have only known the appearance of the purpose giver, but with the knife upon me, I had realized its malevolence, its grand, fateful, and deciding malevolence. At once, I began to prey on the lives of the forest, the residents, the backpackers, the rangers. I found myself consumed by a lust of protection, killing off anything that crossed the boundaries of the purpose-giver's domain. Not even animals were to remain within its midst. Anything living was disposed of for the sanctity of the land of purpose. I was never hungry. I was always warm. I was always restless. The importance of what I did was incomparable. Beyond the matters of ethics and wrongfulness, I single-handedly prepared for the arrival of something that surpassed the vast existentialism of the human plane, a father of chaos and a deity of the miraculous. When next nature and supernature conformed to action, a meteor of flame collided with the land of purpose. With its impact came the delivery of the wonderful. Though I had cleared the area of substantial life, those organisms of enormous numbers and evading size were affected by, if not directly related to, the arrival. The insects had lived, and when the rock fell upon their domains, they evacuated upward with monstrous presence directly into the sky, flying higher and higher until the atmosphere could support them no longer. When their journeys ended, they fell like rain from secret heights upon the charred grounds. Eventually, all that was left to embrace the unknown was me. I ran to the foreign rock, climbed upon its form within the crevice of its impact, and drove my knife deep into its rough flesh, setting in motion the release of new order. After the thrust, my arm was ripped clean off its socket and sucked into the meteor. There was a moment of pause, and then, erupting from the mass, appeared a doppelganger of myself. It did not speak to me, or aid me, or dispose of me. It walked off, momentously, towards the civilizations that awaited it. I searched for the knife in the remains of the meteor, but there was nothing to be found. I then became cold and hungry. I became my old self, though the memories always remained. That concludes the 31st episode of The Dark Verse. Please go to thedarkverse.com or iTunes and download all of my past podcasted episodes you don't want to miss any of them because they're all really great also if you want to add me as a myspace friend if you're into that kind of thing uh go to myspace.com slash the dark verse or myspace.com slash shark child and add me as a friend lastly if you just want to email me for you know any reason uh you can do so 
with my email address, which is sharkchild at the darkverse.com. Okay, rock on. All stories on the Darkverse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.